Thanks for doing this again. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on again. I like the new setup. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought I'd um, I'd do it better because I've been on about 50 podcasts or so. So I thought it's about time I upgraded. At least 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in this year. <laughs> How's that been for you? Just always being on a podcast, getting interviewed, talking to people. Does it get tiring? Um, it's been a bit, it was a learning curve at first and it's still, I'm still growing through the process and understanding how to do it better each time because I want to be able to deliver the information the best way I can. Um, it has it been tiring. Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm saying pretty much the same thing over and over again. So from that perspective, it does get, uh, monotonous, but I think when I'm engaging with new people, then it isn't. So when I'm talking to them and sharing, then it's all good for me. Does it help you internally to reassure the message? You know, even subconsciously, like, yeah, this is really happening. This is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, I, I, that's a good observation, man. For me, it's been kind of bit of a benefit to be able to talk about this all the time because it uh, refines my purpose and it connects me even deeper to it because I'm constantly thinking about it. Like, is nothing else that I think about when I'm doing all these things? Now, mind you, when I'm, let's say I'm with my daughter, I don't think about it. But outside of that, I'm, I'm thinking about this all the time. So that's for the listeners. What exactly are you doing which is coming up august 5th right so yeah man august 5th i will be in revelstoke bc i'll be starting a, a massive epic journey for myself i'll be running 22 marathons in 22 days okay. i'll be starting in revelstoke and i'll be finishing in victoria at the bastion why 22 days and why 22 marathons where does that number come from for the listeners 22 is a, a very significant number, at least for me and many people that I am friends with. It's a number, a uh, study in, the, in 2011 was conducted by um, a group in the United States that revealed that 22 veterans a day commit suicide due to their mental health issues. And um, that was approximately, well, 12, 13 years ago. And that was just a study done for the US. And you can just imagine if you were to incorporate all first responders, emergency personnel in uniform, and veterans, and incorporate Canada into that, that number skyrockets. But the reason why I use 22 is because it highlights quite significantly the issue that, that we have. What do you think the causes for this rate? And of course, you know, that was a 2011 study. I'm sure it's grown ex exponentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, look, man, I, I, I don't know what the causes are. I can speak for myself and yeah. why I was in this world. And I had a sense of disillusionment. I had a sense of not feeling valued or even affecting much change for myself and within the community. So um, there are reasons, you know, organizational reasons, structure reasons, um, for me, that affected me greatly, and I, I, I suspect that I'm not isolated in that. I, I'm sure a lot of other people people feel that way. Um, so maybe that that could be one reason as to why that number is so high. For the folks that are feeling alone out there, how did you realize that you were not alone in anything you were dealing with? And there is support out there. You just mm -hmm. have to find it and be willing exactly. to accept it. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're right, man. So that's a tough one, though, right? Like, um, how does one know if they need help? Right? How does one, and especially when it comes to mental health, because 
at least for me, I was in my own head and I thought everyone else was the problem rather than it was, oh, I have some issues here. So it took a great deal of introspection and unplugging from a lot of things to be able to start the process of identifying, oh, wait a second, I need to go seek some help. And it, it required me to deeply think about what was happening in my life and observing the triggers and you know why these things were happening. And it came down to look me and owning a lot of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what started the process. Going through it, you know, it's a journey. It's never a destination. But the healing, the the awareness, has it brought you some sort of peace? Yes, hundred percent. I think. Um, <clears throat> look, this is a, it's a constant effort, right? Uh, I've been on this journey for about three years now, and at the beginning, I, I couldn't have this conversation. I just emotionally was not regulated. I couldn't have a conversation without interrupting or getting angry, like all these types of things. So it's a process and I'll continue on that process. But what I've noticed in engaging the process that things um, started getting better for me, i.e., you know, seeking out therapists, psychologists, connecting with like-minded individuals, but connecting with those like-minded individuals took some time. I had to really sort myself out before I can even engage to find those people. Isn't that true when it comes to friendships, relationships, just anybody? You're no good for anybody else unless you work on yourself first. Yeah, I agree, man. I Otherwise, agree. you're putting the problems onto others. And as long as there's solutions and there's support systems, but not everybody deserves the baggage. I don't think anyone deserves baggage. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anyone does. And uh, like all of us have it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. And and I think it's just uh I think maybe just trying to find ways to pack that baggage better. And so that it's not just bursting open when you open up the bag. I think uh, that's a super important thing. Let's fold our laundry. <laughs> Let's put it away properly and so we can move on to the next uh, vacation. 3 years ago, looking back at that guy prior to would you know him today? No. No, I, I, I would actually probably, man, I, I, um, I look at myself and I absolutely see an entirely different human being in every aspect, in every metric that you can measure. I'm absolutely different. And I think people that I was, um, friends with or engaged with on a regular basis three years ago, probably wouldn't recognize me either. Like physically they would, but interacting would be an entirely different, uh, scenario altogether. But doesn't that show that humans are resilience, humans truly can change for the better, you know, and that, that is the process. Like <laughs> we're supposed to evolve. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, Hey, Oh, I know you No, you don't. You might've known X, Y, Z of me trying to not know myself back then. But as we mm-hmm. evolve, you don't know me anymore. Well, I, I mean, you know what it is, right? People have a snapshot of an individual when they last met them. And they don't evolve with that person through that journey, right? They It's just a snapshot. And I kind of, it reminds me of my dad. Um, this is kind of maybe a, a different sort of angle, but like, look, my dad left India when he was 19. So he's uh, almost 80 now. Now, when he first returned to India after, you know, he'd been away for some years, he had a snapshot of what India was. And then when he returned, he was like, what is this? 
It's an entirely different wow. country. So, I mean, that happens with people too. And um, with, uh, you know, you would only hope that with people that you meet from the past after some years that they would have grown as well. What I've noticed in my sort of process is that I've always tried to grow and usually and typically when I meet people, um, they haven't grown to the extent that you may have um, or th to the extent that some should have. So, No, it's true. Yeah. Have you gone back to India? Last time I went was, um, oh man, what is it? I'm 40, 15 years ago, something like this. It's been a while. And most, I mean, I, I would like to go again, but um, at some point, maybe in the future, but more of like a vacation. Because anytime I went, it was more like family, family. <laughs> visiting. So it's not really like really um, taking in the whole sort of environment and understanding the people across all levels. And, and for the listeners, if you go to various parts of India, it's totally different. The food, the culture, the mannerism, the dialect, yet it's the same. It is. Yeah, man. It's so interesting. Like, I mean, look, India is one of the most diverse countries on the planet, right? There's over 150 different actual languages spoken, not dialects, languages, wow. <laughs> right? And so you, if you're talking about dialects, there's thousands. Yeah. And in terms of religions, it has all the world's religions in India and to a, to a large like uh, populace, right? So what do you have? Like Hinduism is obviously the number one Um you know, I'm I'm I've, I'm a Sikh, so I grew up in a Sikh household, and Sikhs are a minority in India. It's only there's more Christians in India than Sikhs, so um, you know th th it's such a diverse place. So it'd be amazing uh, opportunity to be able to go explore that further in the future. When you went back 15 years ago, looking at India and then seeing what it's all about, are you grateful to understand? what that world's like versus what Canada's like. And yeah, we're so different, but we're so similar as humans. It's a good question, man. And I, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't thought deeply on it to be, to be fully honest because um, I've, <laughs> I don't reflect on, <clears throat> sorry. I haven't reflect on many parts of my life, only certain parts of my life. And I haven't had the opportunity. Oh, okay, full disclosure here. Um, I have a lot of therapy that I've been undergoing, but not to the extent to which I should have been. Mm -hmm. Because I, I went in with my psychologist with a full understanding that I wanted to run across Canada in 2025 to break the record for the fastest run. Yeah. So we came up with a strategy on how to properly address some of my own issues and uh, through consultation with her, we decided to not fully dive into all the things, but kind of do it slowly so I can continue on the path that I'm on. Because if I hadn't, um, I probably would still be exploring those things and figuring them out and understanding them. So we've been doing it kind of piece by piece. When we look at that piece by piece, I have opened up cans, metaphorically, that I should have been gentle with you know not just fully open that and, and try and deal with it mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that does it it takes <laughs> time 
It does, man. It takes time and iterations. That's the term my um, psychologist was using with me. Just do little iterations, let that thing happen, open it up the can, so to speak, and then close it a little bit so you can process that opening. Let that process and then continue moving. And based on my experiences, if I were to dive really deep on them, they probably would take um, a lot longer than just small iterations. But again, I, we've had a task to perform and we wanted to be able to do multiple things at the same time. So um, which we strategically planned the proper sort of therapy and how to do it um, so that I can continue doing what I'm doing. When you look at a challenge, why running? It's an awesome question, man. I picked it because I thought it was the hardest thing to do. So for me, I was chasing difficulty. And that's number one. And it was like the number one thing I always dreaded when it came to physical activity. Number one. Number two, the other reason why I picked it, because everyone can relate to running. Everyone understands distance and they understand running. Now, they might not understand the nuance, the speed and this and the other, but that's immaterial. So I wanted to be able to connect with people immediately and figure out how to make that connection happen. So I chose running. When you look at running, what does it take out of you? And I've asked that specifically because there might be a young boy or a gal out there that's saying, I want to do this too one day. What does someone have to do? Obviously, the training is not just physical. It's a, it's a mental game here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's broken you a few times over, but you build that calluses to continue on, persevere. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, man, I think... Um... That's a good question. I'm like, it's, it's been a hard journey, man. It's been a hard path to do this running and do it. Um, Cause I'm starting from ground zero, right? I wasn't a runner. So starting from the very, very beginning. So for your listeners, I wasn't a marathoner or even a 10 K guy or any of that. So starting from ground zero. So really it, there were a lot of things to overcome, but man, that was awesome. I'll explain why I've grown so much through that process. Like starting from a beginner, and um, learning as much as I possibly could and from people that um, are younger than me. And so that taught me humility and taught me that I don't know everything. And I think as a young person, you know, if you're a boy or a girl and um, you want to experience a challenge, but you're already good at something else, um, you know, there's some some value and some gold in moving away from that thing you're already good at and go to the thing that you're not. Cause that's where not just the physical activity of that thing, but the learning process through the entire thing, man, it's, it's, it's really a gift for me. And I've, I've learned so much. I can't, I don't think I can put a value or a measure upon how much doing run or transitioning into running and how much I've learned not about running, but all the other supporting pieces to it. Is there a lot of positive inner dialogue when it comes to all this, or is there a negative inner dialogue? We all have a voice in our heads, and it could tell us, well, you're not good enough. Take a day off. You don't need to run today. How do you break those barriers, shatter those ceilings, and again, persevere, push forward? Yeah, it's been a three-year journey, right? So there have been multiple or many different transitional phases mentally for me through this entire process. So when I first started, I was um, 
in a kind of a negative mindset, in a, I would argue, even a toxic mindset where I was using that as fuel to, to keep me motivated to continue moving almost like a, Oh, I'll show you, or I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a loser. Like I would kind of change it. But what I started noticing uh, with that mindset that it wasn't sustainable over a period of time because it was drawing a lot of energy out of me and it was, it was, it was, it wasn't positive. It was negative. I was, it was a victim kind of mentality that I uh, utilized, but I harnessed it in such a way that it was getting me angry to continue moving. So now that's how I started. And through support from other individuals who have uh greater knowledge and depth in this type of area, I understood that that wasn't sustainable. So I started trying to find ways to become more positive. And one of the ways was for me was to engage with people because I was isolating myself on the regular. I I didn't want to meet people. I was like, what am I, why would I even sit with you? You got nothing to offer. You're not that like all like really negative. Right. And, and for me, it was massive to start the process of becoming less negative by meeting other people, even people that I thought I would never want to even sit with <laughs> because there was value in that for me too. And over that process of two or three years of engaging with various different people from different walks of life, from different experiences and different socio class all the things. And um, what I realized is we're more alike than we aren't. And for me, that kind of, that started reducing that negative toxic mindset and started shifting into a more positive one. Now to answer your question on uh, how do I get up now to do, you know, run 150 K a week or whatever the case may be, is that I've done it over a period of time. So now the discipline has been, enforced over and over again so i don't rely on obviously motivation or or even inspiration inspiration kind of gets you started motivation kind of gets you started started um but like we all know these things are just feelings and feelings come and go they don't last and that goes with good feelings and bad feelings and but discipline never leaves so I established discipline over this process and I, I, I established a sense of purpose through this process. And for me, it's not about me anymore. It's about everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's about just using my skill sets for the collective and to be able to maximize my skill sets so that I can become an outlier because I don't feel I am one. But I think with the work, the continuous work over the next two or three years, I'll become an outlier. And then the information I can deliver at some point will be far greater use to, to people, I think. So that's the kind of the, the, what gets me up to do the hundred or 50 or whatever. For the listeners, you recently got a sponsor. Congrats on that. Yeah. Thank you. And not only that, you are also an ambassador now for Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's been a blessing, man. I'll explain. So, so, um, the one sponsor I think you're talking about is Magnum supplements. Uh, it's a, a supplement company that engaged, I engaged with over a year ago and, and 
you know, they, they sponsor me with my supplementation and support uh, when it comes to protein and these types of things. And then Lululemon, this one was actually a surprise for me. Um, they engaged with me. And, um, you know, I had been, you know, obviously buy their clothes from time to time, engage with various different people from the community. And um, the manager from a local store that I that I uh, shop at um, contacted me and say, hey, would you be interested in being an ambassador? And honestly, man, I turned her down right after the first question she asked when she asked me. And this is goes to show um, how much I've grown. So in the sense, um, she asked me and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to waste my time. What am I going to do with an ambassador? Like I thought in my, in, 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 okay, in my experiences over the last few years, I've had other companies engage with me to ask me to be an ambassador. And there's always been like a caveat. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do these things. You got to sell this. Or, And for me, I don't want to do any of that. I'm just kind of doing a thing and I want to be able to raise positive uh, or be positive in the community and, and share what I'm doing. And so initially I said no, because I didn't want to sell stuff. That's my interpretation. Oh, and, 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 and then when I spoke to the manager, she's like, no, 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 wait a second. Um, <laughs> that's not what we're, we're not here for you to do it. Just do what you're doing. That's all we care about. So what I understood after was Lululemon is a company that wants to be able to support those people within the community that are doing positive things for the community. So they don't expect anything in return. They just want me to continue doing what I'm doing. So I thought, man, that's, that's pretty amazing. So as soon as I saw the contract, I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Um, I love that you're willing to support what I'm doing. Uh, you do have good product. You do have high quality stuff. So it fits, it aligns. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a a, a massive um, support because you know as as we've mentioned earlier, I'll be running twenty two marathons in twenty two days. They've provided all my clothes for it, all the clothing each day, different outfit for the entire twenty two days. So I mean that's um, massive. Congrats, that's amazing. Thanks, yeah. Th- thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I don't appreciate it. Canadian company supporting Canadians. I love that. That's how it yeah, be. it should be Canadian company based out of Vancouver started from here and uh, supporting Canadians in in a massive way and supporting veterans, first responders and emergency personnel, um, people that I don't think they normally support. And now they're in the game. That's what it's about. We intertwine. Yeah. And again, it goes back to we're all very similar. We all need each other. This is not a siloed game life. No, no, it isn't. I think, um, for me, fortunately enough that I, I realize that now, and I think it isn't. We're all here to do a thing, and hopefully we figure out what that thing is. And and if we can find certain people along that path that fit into that thing that we're doing, and we can move together in the same direction. We don't all have to be the same, no. but we can all do the thing together and help each other out however we can. Not only are you doing 22 marriage thons in 22 days you're doing it in the hottest time of the year august. In, in august yeah i did that on purpose okay right there's a couple reasons for that so normally when i've been doing my challenges and my runs they've been in november so it's usually not very nice and wet and cold number one but the more serious reason is because um bc experiences not just BC, but many places, but I live here in the province of British Columbia and, and BC experiences massive wildfires and, and, and catastrophic 
wildfires and have been for many years, but it seems to be a lot worse over the last few. And um, I just wanted to, you know, run in August to have show solidarity to those that are fighting those fires across the entire province that, um, you know, these people are fighting these fires every single day, nonstop, like 24 seven. And some of them have been rendered homeless because of these types of fires. It's the least I could do to run in the summer, to show a little bit of solidarity, raise some awareness and funds for these people. And um, I find it to be an honor and, and I, I can't wait to be honest. Let's go. <laughs> go. Exactly. Yeah. So you're starting off in Revelstoke, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. What made you choose Revelstoke to start? Because you're you're not based out of that area or region. No, right? no. no, I'm in uh, I'm in the Vancouver area in the lower okay. mainland. So Revelstoke's um on the eastern part of the border. So one is because I wanted to run across the province um to be the first person to do that, at least that I'm aware of, or at least first person like minority to to do it and the other reason is it's a beautiful location it's in the mountains for me i like to be around nature i like to feel that and experience that and yeah i just thought it'd be a good place to start now the wildfires are quite like the blazing quite quite a bit out there so there's that's another reason i wanted to be able to engage with some people while i'm there and connect i'm going there a few days in advance before i run start my run so i get to meet some people and talk to some people and you know that's why i picked revelstoke it's a great place isn't it you know to be honest it'll be my first time so i can't wait oh it's fun revelstoke is great i love it there the people there awesome. the vibe yeah. Oh, yeah yeah it's i mean from what i've seen all the pictures and, and i've connected with a few people up there and man it looks beautiful and and it looks like an amazing place to to even live, right? And um, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to it a great deal. So I can't wait. If you love skiing or snowboarding, that's the place to be. Well, then I'm gonna have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so Revelstoke is day one, give or take. Day two is Sycamore, beautiful mm-hmm. area, Sycamore. Man. Day three is Salmon Arm. Yeah. But what made you create this path? So I was working with a couple, some of the volunteers that I have on my team, um, who helped me with this route because um, it, it requires a lot of effort and time. And Nicole, who's been working with me, uh, worked on this um, this route for me with a, some minor uh, changes by myself. But the reason why um, this route is because I wanted to also run through Lytton. and Lytton is a town a couple years ago that was burnt to the ground from the forest fires. So. We have a plan to run through Lytton. Um, it might still be unsafe, so we also have some alternatives to go around it. But that that's part of the reason why. And also, this route, we're engaging with various different fire halls along the way and some legions. So it's been strategic in the sense that I wanted to connect with as many people as possible so that I could further share what we're trying to do and also refine my purpose even greater. So for the future, it's uh, uh, the the difficulties that I have planned for the future won't be as difficult. Have you been to any of these areas? So Salmon Arm, Day 3, Day 4, Blind Bay, Day 5, Chase. Have you been to any of those? I've been to to Salmon Arm. Uh, A quick story in Salmon Arm. I went there last year to, there's a, 
there's yeah in salmon arm there was a, a running event that one of the first ones i ever did it was an ultra marathon uh, ultra running event called the backyard ultra and um it's <laughs> i epically failed it to be honest it was the first first major ultra kind of event that i did and i was so ill-prepared had no clue what i was doing and it was up in uh they had about it's about a 6.7 kilometer loop in the trails and you have to run that loop within 60 minutes and every 60 minutes you got to go again so you keep running it until you can't and um man they had that opened my eyes a lot to uh what i didn't know and what i didn't know was that there are savages out there there's so many amazing athletes out there. I mean, the person that, and the only one person can win, it's called last man standing. And the person that won had ran like for 30 something hours, like 250 kilometers, whatever. It was something ridiculous. And, and man, it, it, that really ignited a bit. So Sam and arm holds a special place in my heart. That's one of the other reasons why we're going to be stopping there. So many areas here. I mean, Kamloops, Savannah, Ashcroft, mm-hmm. um, and the list goes on and definitely we'll put it uh, out there for the listeners. So you end up, well, you end up going through the smaller areas or the regions. Uh, you end up in Whistler, Squamish, Britannia Beach, Horseshoe Bay. So you're going to take a ferry out to Nanaimo, um, Cobble Hill. And why Victoria? Why is that the last spot? Victoria has a monument called the Bastion at the Bastion Square, which has all the names of all the fallen first responders uh, from the province. So anyone who's passed away in the line of duty, their names are there uh, in the Bastion, uh, in the capital of of BC. And I want to finish there to pay my respects at the end of 22 marathons. I love it. Great work, bro. So 22 days, is there any off days? Do you need some time to heal, to recover, or do you just push through it? And for yeah. the listeners is, you know, if I'm running, my muscles get tense, they get tight. How how do you overcome that? Because, uh, you know, your body will shut down. Or does yeah, it I mean, yeah. no, it does. I mean, yeah. well, I don't know if it'll shut down. I, and to be honest, I don't know. I've never done anything like this. I've never ran that many marathons in a row. I, the most I've ever done is ran three in a row. And um, but I've trained for the whole year for about 12 months. Um, I've had the right people in my corner to help me from a mindset perspective. And from a physical perspective, I I understand it's going to be hard. And I understand that um, I'll have to push through a lot of discomfort. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be extremely difficult. It's approximately a thousand kilometers in 22 days. And in those 22 days, excuse me, in those 22 days, there's also elevation gain. I'm going in the mountains. So the elevation gains in and around 15,000 meters over 22 days. So for your listeners, that's about almost double Mount Everest. Everest is about 8,000 meters from bottom to top um, elevation gain. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge. My legs will not be feeling great. But what I'm going to try to do is push through that and... Um, I'll keep moving until it's physically impossible. And then when it's physically impossible, if it becomes physically impossible to use my legs, well, then I'll crawl. I'll do whatever it takes to get to Victoria. So it'll happen. I love it. <laughs> Can individuals on the road stop by and 
run with you for a little bit? For sure, if they want to. I mean, I, I encourage people if they do see me, um, yeah, stop, say hi. If you're inclined to run a few Ks with me, absolutely do that too. Um, I will be, you know, in some remote areas, so I don't, I'm not sure how many people will be around, but I suspect once I get into Kamloops and places like Whistler and Squamish and then, you know, around the island, we'll have a few more people engaging and for sure I would love if people would want to be able to do that. Absolutely. How are you going to stay hydrated, um, well fed through the process? So is there a vehicle behind you similar yes. to the late Terry Fox? The goal is, yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned Terry Fox. He's a massive inspiration. I'm I'm just trying to follow in his footsteps. And if I can do 1% of what he's done, man, it'd be a blessing. But to answer your question, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a vehicle behind me. I'll have all my, my stuff, my um, gear, my food, my nutrition, my fuel. Everything will be there. Med kits. Yeah, everything. Everything will be there. And so if anything's needed, I'll have it right on hand. And in terms of uh, fueling myself while I'm running, um, I'll, I'll be using Grupo Nutrition, which is a um, fuel that's that I can use while I'm running. So I won't be eating. I'll just be drinking my, my fuel so that I can continue moving. And then post-run, I will be obviously eating as much as I can and whatever I need to eat. The reality is to compensate for the caloric burn is impossible over a 22-day span, so I'll most definitely lose a lot of weight. But uh, the goal is to mitigate the um, reduction in weight by eating whatever I can, but also whatever is not damaging on my gut as well. So, it you know, I, I have a few ideas and we'll – well, not a few ideas. I have a plan and uh, I've been working on my – um, nutrition over the last little while as well, getting my body used to certain things so that I don't deviate from that because we don't want any, we don't want any like issues coming up that um, should have been resolved in advance. You know, how can people support you through this? Yeah, so the support, um, absolutely follow my Instagram. We'll be posting every single day. Um, we'll be, you know, yeah, I'll be posting every single day. What that looks like, not quite 100% certain yet, but we'll be posting every single day, updates every single day, um, support through YouTube as well. So, you know, I have YouTube, of all my platforms. So yeah. anyone wants to support for all those platforms, as well as donate, please donate. Because I'll be running these marathons, not for myself, but for other people and to raise awareness for those people that are struggling, that are struggling right now, that are struggling as we speak, that are putting out fires right now, that are sacrificing their own lives to do something amazing for other people. I'm just the voice, a small little voice trying Absolutely. to do that thing. So please go to my social, maybe my, or my website. If you want to donate, you go to GoFundMe, I have a link connected directly to the Honor House Society. Any donation receives a tax credit. So if you're a corporation and you want to, you know, give to an amazing cause, please do. You will get a tax credit. For the listeners, what exactly is the Honor House? So the Honor House, yeah, yeah. So the Honor House Society is a charity that I've aligned with over the last year. What they do is they have two locations. One location is in New Westminster, BC, and which is a, a a mansion, a big house. It's a heritage home. What they do there is house 
members so they can stay there while they're receiving any treatment in the lower mainland. So for your listeners, um, BC and like many other provinces have remote locations all across the province. So anyone who, any member, veteran, emergency personnel, uh, police, whatever, if they're in areas that um, they have to come down to the lower mainland to receive treatment, they can stay in this house free of charge as long as they need. They've had people stay there for a year and received all kinds of different treatments, both heart surgeries, medical, uh, psychological, all the things. And they don't have, when they do come down to the new New Westminster, or the lower mainland area, they don't have to come alone. So they can also stay with their families. So their families don't have to be apart from them. And so that's one uh, way that Honor House is doing amazing work. The other piece is that they have another location in, um, in Ashcroft, BC. And Ashcroft, BC is, uh, is they bought a, a ranch on 120 acres. And this location has 10 cabins and it's right in the mountains. You know, and what this place is used for is to help members come there to decompress from any occupational stress injuries or PTSD, receive cutting edge treatment, equine therapy, um, all the bells and whistles. The money that I'm trying to generate will be going directly to um, supplement and complete the building of some of the cabins and, and continue supporting what they do there. They're, they're doing amazing work um, and they only really have one employee. So a lot of the money that's coming in is going directly to the people that need it. Right. So I've pulled it up here, Satch. Mm-hmm. This is a, yeah, that's that, yeah. Wow. that's that's uh, yeah that's on a ranch man it's beautiful i'm going there tomorrow actually Are you okay? um yeah i'm heading out there tomorrow to do some um filming and to to also sh- uh, push out some content for them talking about the cabins talking about what they do there speaking to some of the members there some of the volunteers some of the veterans that are there um it's a beautiful place man and and you know what they're doing there is is helping people and and really anyone can go there if they if if they need to, that are veterans, first responders, or uh, emergency personnel. And, and for your listeners, who are those people? That's paramedics, firefighters, police, CBSA, uh, corrections, like any, any peace officer that fits the bill can uh, receive treatment there. And the further, this is just the beginning, right? Um, you know, hopefully with the uh, continued effort and over the next few years, hopefully we can generate enough money so that there could be an honor house in every province and that's the goal of the president. And I've, uh, I've committed to him that I'll do my best to help support that vision. I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate your time. And, you know, I, again, as I've mentioned, I, I hopefully look forward to being out there and seeing you in one of the places. Great. Yeah, man. I, I look forward to seeing you if you're able to make it, if not, that's cool too. We'll uh, definitely connect at some point and we'll be able to continue doing what we're doing. So it's awesome, man. 